This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast where I interview professional runners, everyday runners, coaches, and I'm so excited about this episode. You're listening to episode 318, and I'm talking with Amy Craig. I've wanted to interview Amy on this podcast for a very long time, so this was a really fun interview to do. Amy recently announced her retirement. She is now going to be a coach with Puma. She's going to coach alongside her husband, Alistair Craig. And they have a new group out in the Raleigh area. You may have heard me talk with Aaron Longin, who is part of the Puma team on this podcast to learn a little bit about how Puma is getting more and more involved in the distance running scene. And we get to learn more about that with Amy today. Now, Amy had an amazing career as a professional runner herself. I have loved watching her compete over the years. Some of her greatest accomplishments She placed ninth at the Olympics in Rio in the marathon. That was the year that Amy, Shalane Flanagan, Des Linden all took top 10 in the marathon at the Olympics. We hear about how she really felt about that experience in this episode, though. Um, One of the biggest highlights of her career, Amy won a bronze medal at the World Championships in 2017. We hear all about that race in this episode as well. It was really fun to hear Amy break that race down. She has a marathon personal best of 221.42, and she was also on the 2012 Olympic team in the 10,000 meters as well. Amy trained with the Bowerman Track Club for several years, and she shares with us what it was like to run for Jerry, what she learned from Jerry Schumacher, and also what training with Shalane Flanagan meant to her as well. A lot of stuff to cover in this episode, and it was a true honor to talk with Amy today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Lily Trotters. If you are looking for some legit compression socks, look no further than Lily Trotters. Strong enough for a marathon, comfortable enough to wear for hours, and pretty enough to wear almost anywhere. Also thin enough to fit into all of your favorite shoes. I love these compression socks. I've been wearing them for years. Lily Trotters is actually the longest running sponsor of this podcast. They are a woman owned business and I love all that they do for the running community. Definitely check them out. You can get 25% off. That's a huge discount. When you go to lilytrotters.com and use the code another at checkout, gift a pair to yourself or gift a pair to your favorite runner friend in your life lilytrotters.com. Use the code another. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Amy Craig. Okay. Well, today on the podcast, we have Amy Craig on the show. Welcome to all have another Amy. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so excited, Amy. You probably don't know how bad I've wanted to have you on the show for so many years. Oh, yeah, well, glad I can be here. I'm so excited. Well, congratulations on your retirement. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for this next stage. Um, Yeah, it was a wonderful time running and everything. But um, yeah, just on to the the next thing and look forward to the future. Yeah. Are you feeling are you feeling content with it and, and excited? Yeah, I am. Like it was it was absolutely time. Um, I had um, just an incredible experience over my entire career. Um, lots of ups and downs, but it, I felt like it was on my turns at the end, which is not very many people get that. So I feel very lucky that I was able to do that. And um, yeah, I, I am just really, really excited for this next stage. That's so awesome. Okay. So I interviewed Aaron Longin with Puma like a couple months ago. Okay. And I was like, when I interviewed her, we kind of knew that your husband, Alistair, was, you know, starting the group in Puma with Puma and stuff. And I was like, so can you give me any details on Amy? (laughs) Is she going to be involved? (laughs) And Aaron was like, I can't really say anything now, but we're going to see what happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, they were awesome. They definitely allowed, I wanted to make sure this was something I really wanted to do. Like I've always wanted to coach, but I have other passions as well. Um, and I just wanted a little bit of a breather when I was done. So they were incredible about giving me the time and the space I needed to make the decision, um, on my own. But yeah, they, they've been awesome. So, well, okay. So it sounds like they were like recruiting you to do it, but you're like, let me just like take a minute to, to figure things out. It was definitely so when Alistair did it. So the plan was all along was like, I was, I was like, I know I want to be involved. So I want to help set it up, but, um, let me just check out and see if there are other things. So they knew that I would be there at the very least okay. to like help set it up. And I hope, I hope any athlete knows they could always, you know, come to me for anything. Cause I just want to help these young athletes. Um, but then as I got into it, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I love this. These people are great. Um, we have a great group and this is what I want to do. So, um, as soon as I said, yes, they were all in. So, oh my I mean, they were in before, but yeah. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they're incredible. That's so exciting. Okay. So what are the other passions that you mentioned that you're interested in? So, I mean, it's staying in the sport, most of it. Um, but one of the things is like, I'd love to work, like do something with USADA. Um, mm. that's one of my big things and then just coaching, but maybe not at this level, maybe at a smaller level. And then also putting on races. Like that's always, um, I've been very interested in that and just, uh, the way these race directors get communities involved is really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, you guys are in a really awesome place to do things like that. Yeah. And yeah. I am like so excited because I, it's like so random. My family is also, and I haven't actually announced this on the podcast yet. I've, I've announced it to my Patreon community and on Instagram, but, um, I, my family is actually moving to Raleigh as well. So it seems like there's just so much going on in that, that triangle area. Yeah, you'll love it. It's wonderful. Um, Raleigh's just such a cool city, um, has everything you could hope for in a big city. And then you have um, Durham and Chapel Hill right outside, which are Durham is like, you know, has Duke there. So it's still a big college community. And Chapel Hill is kind of the smaller town with a college vibe. Um, so just, yeah, it's, it's an awesome area. You're going to love it. So congratulations on the move. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We went, we took our kids out in the end of March just to kind of like feel it out because long story short, my husband's job within the company he already works for his new position is based out of the Durham area. And oh, cool. yeah, but like he works from home and he will continue to, but this will just be easier if he needs to pop in for meetings rather than like hopping on a plane. Oh, yeah. So, and you're going to love it as well. It's yeah. Area. We're really kind of will. just like, well, we don't have to move, but like we've heard such good things. Like, let's just our, and our oldest is in second grade. And we're like, if we're going to do it, like, let's go now. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah. I'm all about picking up and kind of uh, moving and figuring out where the next best thing is. We don't like staying staying put. <laughs> we like to keep moving, Alistair and I. OK, so tell us about like all the reasons why you all chose this area for the Puma group. So we actually, um, we had kind of a list of criteria and it started with like, what's the best things, what are the things you need for a run? And it had to be good weather year round. Um, it had to be like great places to run. And so it kind of just like narrowed the country to certain areas. And then on top of that, it had to be affordable for runners. There had to be a good medical system um, for athletes, um, not just, you know, your normal doctor, but also PTs and chiropractors and things like that. And it's incredible here. And then on a top of that, it's something, um, we wanted to make sure that they could have a little bit like a life outside of running and that their significant others could have mm. a life outside of running because we really feel that that leads to longevity in the sport when, um, everyone is happy and like, there are other things to do besides just always focusing on running, especially for those people who are important in their lives. I love that so much because I do feel like a lot of places are like away at altitude and things like that. And a lot of a lot of people are doing long distance while they're training with their significant others. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still tough. Like our group still goes to altitude. They spend a lot of time on the road, which you just it's part of mm -hmm. being a professional distance runner, but when they're home, they're home. And when they're not home, that person still has something besides just, you know, waiting for them. <laughs> yes. 
Um, okay, you mentioned it's just part of being a professional distance runner. And automatically I popped in my head. What was the hardest thing about being a professional distance runner for you? Um, I would say it was actually like kind of that. It really is. It's a kind of a 365-day, 24-hour job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I th- probably the hardest part for me was um, we would go to altitude um, either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. So missed a lot of like Christmases and birthdays and all those holidays that are like like later in the year and earlier in the year because um, I'd be up at altitude. So that was pretty tough. Um, so I am looking forward to being able to spend more of those with my family and um, not just like wake up on Christmas morning and be like, okay, I got a tempo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that was probably the toughest part. So we're very sympathetic to that. But it's also it's it's part of, it's part of the job. It's something you have to do, especially with winter marathons and things like that. Yeah, sacrifices in every job, no matter what it is. It's just looks Absolutely. a little bit different for you guys. Do you guys now? Will you be near your family, Alistair? Is he South African? He's South African. Yeah, he grew up in South Africa, um, but his parents actually live in Dallas, Texas, and so does his brother. Okay. And then he has another brother in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, my family is spread out. My sister is in Montreal, Canada. My parents are still in Kansas, and then my brother is in Seattle, Washington. Okay, so where are y'all going for Christmas? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I'm hoping um, we can get all the siblings to go to one central location where the like with the grandparents. So, or my parents, they're grandparents now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Do you love being an aunt? Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they're awesome. They're just uh, you get to do all the fun stuff, and then uh-huh. um, <laughs> they have to do all the disciplining and that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so can you talk to us a little bit about Alistair and like your relationship and with coaching and, and all that and what that's going to look like in the program? Uh, yeah, so Alistair and I, so we actually, I mean, we've been working, I know it sounds weird, but we've been working together um, for a very long time now. Like he worked with Jerry at Bowerman and kind of was always there. So he, like, I've gotten used to him in this role. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's new to me for sure. What I bring, I think more is I was just a professional distance runner. So I know what it takes Mm -hmm. to be there. Um, it's just like, it's almost changing your lifestyle a little bit. And so I'm able to kind of help them with that, but really what it is. So Alistair, he does, he does the programs. We go over it together. I do the core routines and then a lot of the other medical side stuff where it's like making sure they're getting in to see a chiropractor if their hips are off or making sure they're getting massage every week, things like that. And are those the lifestyle changes, things that you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, lifestyle changes, it's, it kind of will naturally happen, but the, the harder you train, it's like, you just have to be more on top of things. Like you have to be on top of your sleep, which is, you don't just go to bed when you're sleepy. You have to like get on a sleep schedule. Um, you have to make sure that you're fueling yourself properly. Um, as you increase intensity, you have to make sure you're eating enough and, um, or yeah, mileage. So it's a lot of just little things like that. That's kind of the more of the lifestyle change. Okay. And so the idea of the program is what I, from what I read is like these younger athletes that you're hoping to work with for like very long time, like 15 years, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, 10 years, I would say is a really good career, but if we got someone for 15, that would be great. (laughs) And then what distances are you guys focusing on? So we really, any of the distance events, um, we have currently Taylor Werner, she's running a 5k, Steven Fahey's in the steeplechase, Fiona O'Keefe is focusing on the 10 and Emmanuel Rudolph Levis. He's a marathoner, um, who he's recently been focusing a little bit more on the track, but he really is a marathoner. Like it's, it's to get faster though, so he can finish his marathon faster. Um, so we're open to any of the events, but we are building around these people, I would say. And then as we get new people, we'll build around them. Um, so my passion, I'll definitely have more input once marathons come around mm. and Alistair, he just knows the track so well. So I would say, yeah, any distance event we are open to. 
you know the marathon so well, but you're you're not unfamiliar with the track. So will you have a heavy hand in like 10K athletes as well? Yeah. So it's a collaboration between the two of us yeah. um, the entire time. We go over everything every day, um, all the workouts, the mileage, what they're doing, like in the gym, everything like that, so that it works together a little bit more seamlessly. Um, yeah. So I'll have, I'll be involved in that 5k, 10k training, but he will be the one who comes up with the workouts. Hey everybody, a quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Prevenex is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements. They have great multivitamins. They're clean, they're effective. And one of their supplements I want to tell you runners about is the Joint Health Plus. The Joint Health Plus supplement delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. It supports joint comfort and flexibility. I take it every day and I am telling you, I have had so many runners reach out to me on Instagram in my direct messages and let me know that they've started taking this product as well after hearing it on the show and it has made huge improvements in the way they feel. If you're even on the fence at all, go check it out. They also have a great protein powder that we use in smoothies over here. You can save 15% when you go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout. Now, you guys have a couple people going to the trials, right? Yep. Um, So Taylor Werner will be competing in the 5,000, and Fiona O'Keefe will be competing in the 10,000. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm assuming you guys are going. Yes, yes, we'll be there. That's so awesome. Um, I'm super curious your thoughts on the 10K at the trials as someone who like, you know, in 2012, you almost made the marathon team and then you went and made the 10K team. And there's so many people running the 10K that are in that same boat this year. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, you never discount anyone, especially at the Olympic trials. Right. (laughs) crazy things happen. People run out of their mind there. Um, so I think it's going to be really competitive up front. Like obviously some people have thrown down some amazing times already this year and last year. Um, but, uh, at the same time, yeah, it's, it's one of those events, especially where anything can happen where someone who, um, maybe had to change course or hasn't quite had their breakthrough yet, they could have it there because there really are limited number, limited races in the 10,000 to do. So sometimes you have your opportunity really is the Olympic trials or mm. national championships. Um, so yeah, I would expect to see some, some breakout performances on that day. I cannot wait to watch that race. I mean, I'm excited for all of them, but that race specifically, just with so many, like you have 10K specific people, but man, there are so many marathoners lining up as well. I feel like they're going to go out fast. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be fast. Um, it's going to be a grind. No matter what, yeah. those top three, they're going to know how to grind <laughs> for sure, which heading into Tokyo in that heat, I think that's really important, so... It'll be good. We'll send a good team. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Bowerman a little bit. What, like, coaching advice or just, like, anything at all are you taking with you that you learned from Jerry? I mean, Jerry was a mentor to both Alistair and I. Um, He changed my career for Mm. sure. So I think uh, what I would take from Jerry would be mostly that we're capable of more than we think we are. You just have to put in the work. And so... That's something that I will take um, and continue to try and pass on to my athletes. I love that sentiment so much. I've been doing some research on Coach V. Hill as well, and that seems to be a resounding theme that athletes that have worked with him also said. Yeah, I, I would I would imagine so with Coach V. Hill. Dina, that she lives by that. So Yeah, I mean it's like it's such an important message as not only a coach, but just like a mentor to anybody in life to send that message because I think that younger people especially like they need to hear that spoken into their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. I do want to dig into Bowerman experience a little bit more. You said that uh, Jerry changed the trajectory of your career. What do you mean by that? He really, so, I mean, 
I was considering retiring before the trials in 2016. Um, I just kind of, I wasn't getting, I, I just had plateaued kind of, um, and it was up and down and it just wasn't, I don't know. I, I, I knew I needed to change if I was going to make it to that next level. Like my dream had always been to make it to that next level. And I was kind of just trying to reality check of whether or not I was physically capable of making that happen. Um, and so I started with him and the training, it was, it was so hard. Mm. <laughs> um, but I kind of just decided I was going to go for broke. Um, I was going to do everything I can. And every day I was just going to work as hard as I possibly could to reach that next level. And he really made me believe um, that I could do it. And he, he made every kind of bump in the road up until that point worthwhile. Okay. And let's talk about the team a little bit. And I've heard so many people, so many athletes that have worked under Jerry say the same thing. Like they showed up to that first workout and they're like, holy crap, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. You really, you're like, how, how am I going to ever do this? And then you just keep showing up day after day. And eventually it doesn't easier, but it gets better. I'll say that. <laughs> it's really inspiring to see. And as a, as a host of this podcast over the years, talking to the athletes like that have joined in, you know, like a Carissa Schweitzer, who's like joining in workouts with a Shelby Houlihan and just like how hard and intimidating that was at the very beginning. But within like, you know, six months or a year, she's like toe to toe with Shelby. It's so cool to see. Yeah, it's really awesome. I think that's what it is. It's you kind of have to have that blind faith at the beginning, like, okay, this is leading where it's going to work out, because you will have ups and downs. Like, it's just it's a huge, huge jump. Um, and so you kind of have to just be like, okay, it's going to come around one of these days, it's going to come around, I'm gonna, you know, I will prepare and someday my chance will come. Um and yeah, you just have to ha hold that faith. And eventually it does. Eventually everyone's legs always come around. I remember um, after I had been, so I wasn't part of the team yet, but I had trained a little bit with them at altitude and I had came off of that and I had like two of my worst races ever. And Matt taking camp, I saw him at the race and he was like, don't worry, your legs will come around. Everyone's legs eventually always come around. And I kind of just held that it's going to happen at some point. Um, and he was right. So you just kind of have to know that that first, those first six months are going to be going to be very tough. They're going to test you. Another little message that someone can just speak into your life. Your legs are going to come around. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, tell us about training with Shalane over the years and how important that was and special that was uh, for your career. I mean, it was, it was one of those things I was at that point in my career where I just, I didn't know, um, if I was going to continue, I didn't know anything. So having her there on a daily basis, like she, she was the standard at the time. And so there was never any question of whether or not what I was doing was right. It mm -hmm. was just, um, like this is how she reached the highest level. So I'm going to do the same thing. Um, so that actually helped a lot with like, um, that those first six months when you are so exhausted and all you're doing besides running is sleeping and eating. Um, it helped me know I was like, okay, well I'm on the right path. So, um, that was, yeah, that was really incredible. And that first buildup, especially we ran every step together. Mm. And so you just become, I don't know, you, you become just as invested in, um, their running as your own. And, uh, yeah, so it made the trials a really special experience. Oh my gosh. The 2016 trials. Okay. Like obviously this was a long time ago now, but yeah. <laughs> like, let's just talk about it for a second because it was like one of the best moments in professional women's distance running. I have ever seen you and Shalane in that race when she's so sick and has that heat exhaustion and you're just like you know, pulling her along with you and then you have to go finish the race and like make sure you make the team. But um, talk about that experience a little bit. I'm sure you talked about it a million times right after the experience. Yeah. But now looking back on it, how do you feel? I mean, it was just it was a special experience. And you look back and you see Shalane and you're like, I mean, I knew I knew she was going through something like some sort of like more than just the mental barrier. Yeah. I knew something physically was happening to her at the time. Um, so it was, it was a little bit scary. Um, but I was like, 
if she can just like keep this focus, she's Flane Flanagan. Like mm. she's so tough. She'll make this team. And so um, really it was her just, I mean, not many people can have heat exhaustion. I think borderline heat stroke and focus and like run those last three miles like that. So yeah, what she did was really incredible that day. I love so much like everybody you all are the like fiercest competitors obviously you want to win the race you want to make the teams but you all support each other so much I mean even like Des who is not you know hasn't been on team your team I mean I know in college but professionally um, and just watching you women like cheer each other on when you accomplish incredible goals is so inspiring oh thank you yeah it's a it's a pretty tight-knit community um you can see when someone has, you know, runs marathons, you can see you're like, you go back to how much work you put in to get it there. And so, you know, you, they've done the same thing. And so you're always cheering for these people and always wanting them to do well, because you know exactly how much work they've put into it. Okay. So ninth at the Olympics, you know, you also have a bronze medal from the world championships in 2017, which by the way, if anybody listening doesn't know, that was the first American woman on the podium in that distance since 1983. <laughs> I mean, is that the pinnacle yeah. of your career? What's the pinnacle? That was it, um, for sure. That was the thing that made everything worthwhile. It was like, okay, I understand why I had to go through, you know, all those tough times. It was to get to this moment. Um, so, yeah, it was really, it was just the whole thing was such a special, special occasion. Um yeah, I that will be that will be the moment I always remember. Um, looking back on my career, that was just that made it. So let's have it. Let's get it documented here. Can you tell us about that specific race? Sure. I mean, what what would you like to know about it? Just the trajectory of it, and and your mindset going into it, the fitness you you were you know where you thought your fitness was, and what you were anticipating versus what happened, and those finish line moments. So basically, um, it came around right after Rio. Um, I was walking back the next day with Jerry from dinner or something or lunch. And I just remember being like, man, I want another shot. Like, I feel like I messed that up. I just want one more shot. Like I understand now what it is, um, competing at this level. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I just need another chance. And we were kind of like, well, what about the world championships? Like that's, that's next year that's coming up. And that's where it was born. So I got really excited for that. And then training for the race, really, even like, I wouldn't say going into training, we were thinking like absolutely metal. We were kind of just thinking, let's improve upon last year's. Like, let's have a good experience. Because we thought, even in Rio, we thought that was a potential, was like getting on the podium. But we wanted to see where training goes. Like, it can change so much in a marathon. And then probably six weeks before, um, we started talking medals, but then the training before the race, it's like whatever could go wrong did go wrong before mm -hmm. that race, which is just, um, like I, I, I remember it was like, I think it was six weeks beforehand and I looked to Alistair and I was like, this is actually the smoothest buildup I've ever had. And then on that run, my back like spasmed and I ended up walking back. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was just like my I tore my planter plate like three weeks beforehand. Um, I got sick before the race. I got it was just all sorts of things kind of piling on. And then we saw the heat sheet or yeah, beforehand um, the start list. And we realized like it's it's going to be a really, really competitive event. And so then it was like, OK, so medals are on the table. But like, let's make sure let's secure top 10 first. Let's secure top five first. And then you go after medals. And uh, really, so heading into it on the start line, it was in the back of my mind, but I knew I had other jobs to do before I got there. Um, and so, let's see, during the race, we had been training the whole time. It was to be able to run that last 10K fast. So everything was really geared towards that last 10K. And we kind of, we changed training quite a bit to make sure that we were finishing everything really hard just like, so we'd be prepared for that. And, um, so it was pretty slow. It was kind of a jog fest, um, for about the first 20 miles. And then with about 
five miles to go, I think. Like I'd been preparing for the last 10K. So I was like ready for someone to make a move, someone to make a move. And still no one had. So with five miles to go, I decided to go. Um, and I kind of took off. And then immediately um, Rose and Edna took off. And they started battling each other in front of me. And so I'm going after them. And then Danielle came up and we kind of battled each other. And then she pulled away. And that was really, that was a tough moment because she just pulled away and I felt like I could not stay with her. Like I just couldn't make that move. Um, It was late in the race and I started going to kind of this dark place where I was like, oh, fourth place, not fourth place, like anything but fourth. And um, then I saw Jerry actually on the side of the course and he said, if you can get one step closer, you'll catch her with 800 or no, if you can get a little bit closer, you can catch her with 800 to go. And so in my mind, that was just one step. So I was like, okay, focus on this next step. And so I put everything into it and I got just a little bit closer and I was like, okay, now I'm going to catch her with 800 to go. And that's really what I remember about the race. Cause that was when I kind of changed my mindset and made the decision. Like I can still do this. It's not <laughs> all is not lost go for it. And so I just ran as hard as I could from there to the finish line. I caught her with around 800 meters to go and then kind of started going after Edna who, um, got the silver medal. Wow. How much ground did you put on Danielle then? Um, I couldn't tell you how much I beat her by. Um, I don't think it wasn't by that much. Um, but I definitely, I gapped her to the point where like I thought she was right behind me during the race um but I think I've seen it and I gapped her to the point where it didn't look like she was coming back yeah I I can't tell you how much I put on her but I was I was very far behind her at one point wow so what I wonder if Jerry what if Jerry wouldn't have been there to say that I mean you were in the right place Jerry no kidding he was in the right place um there are a lot of people on the course that day like Alistair at one point, he said this, like, you'll remember this for the rest of your mm. life when I was in fourth. And I like, uh, that was another point where I just like took off. Cause I was like, yeah, you're right. This is what I'll remember. <laughs> um, this is the moment I'll remember for the rest of my life, whether or not I gave in or dug in. So it really was like, that was the other thing. They're just like the crowds around there were incredible. And I knew so many people on the course and, um, had so many friends out there kind of cheering me on that it, it just made it, I was able to go that extra little bit. Okay, so anybody competing at this level, you you ha- you got to have your your head, your mental space sharp. Like it's that's just like it's such a big piece of the puzzle. Have you worked with sports psychologists over the year? What years? What have you done to stay mentally sharp? So I, I worked. So I studied a little bit of sports psychology in college, um, and then I briefly worked with a sports psychologist when I was probably in like 2010, 2011. Um, But really with me, I'm, I love like motivational quotes. Like Mm. that's the thing that gets me. So I had quotes like written on my mirror for, you know, four years at a time when I was moving all around and everything and I'd erase it and rewrite it. So that's reading and quotes. That's really what gets me. Like (laughs) that's what puts me in my, the right mind frame. What's one of your favorite quotes? Um, so I said it earlier is I will prepare and someday my chance will come. That's an Abraham Lincoln quote. Mm. Um, and that's one, um, when I was with Jerry every day, I'd like wake up and I had it written down and I was like, okay, I will prepare. I will prepare. I will prepare. And someday my chance will come. And it did. So, but I, I, you have to be prepared when it does. So that's an, that's one. And then, um, I might not get this right, but The one that kept me going when things weren't good was just as the tumultuous chaos of a thunderstorm brings a nourishing rain, which allows life to flourish. So too in human affairs, I think it's times of success are preceded by times of disorder. Success comes to those who can weather the storm. Um, And so a lot of times I was like, okay, just weather the storm like every day get through the workout, weather the storm. (laughs) Um, So that was another big one. Um, that I, yeah, I still, I love that one. And when you're talking about that storm, what time frame exactly are you talking about? Um, that was probably starting about a year after college for mm. four years leading into 2012. 
I would say. Wow, that's a long time. I, yeah. Like post-college athlete or not, I, I speak of this often. It is such a like lost feeling time of, of life, I feel. <laughs> like I remember. It, it really can be, yeah. Yeah, like post-college, you're just like, you feel like people are like, know what they're doing their, with their life, but they probably actually don't. And you're like, what am I going to do? So what was that four years like for you? Were you just trying to figure out like, is this pro thing going to happen or what? Yeah, that's what it was. I had a lot of doubt. Um, and it was it was one of those things. So I think any kid coming out of college, they have to know, like it, like what we talked about earlier, you have to have this blind faith. Like it's such a big jump. It's going to be different from anything you've ever done before. Um, you're going to be doing things that you had no idea anyone could do. And you just have to have faith that you're going to get through the exhaustion and the dark times and come out the other end. That's good. You also mentioned with the, um, you know, going for after your chance at the world champs to get that bronze, like coming off Rio. I mean, you got ninth and it was a top 10 finish for all three American women, which is a massive deal. But it sounds like you definitely had bigger plans for yourself there. So what were your thoughts post race? I was pretty disappointed. Um, in all honesty, like I, we had trained, so well going into it um we actually yeah we thought we had a shot at medals and so not having any of us on the podium was pretty disappointing um I mean I think all three of us we came back and we were like came back with like vengeance (laughs) so (laughs) that's so true um, yeah yeah um so I yeah it was maybe a good experience for all of us but I think all three of us were pretty disappointed I mean, it's so true. You go get the bronze. Shalane wins New York. Des wins Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty epic. It was a good group. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And then lastly, you're, you know, you're finishing off your career with that 221-42 marathon personal best, which is really impressive. Are you feeling like, are you feeling good? Like, that's it. That's my marathon PR. Yeah, I, I am very proud of that. Like I put so much into it. Um, that's, that's what it is. And yeah, I'm proud of it. So I, I mean, like I said, what we look for is we all want to see what we're capable of, Mm -hmm. like in this sport. And I think I found exactly what I was capable of. So I'm pretty proud of that. That's amazing. Okay. So, um, now I read that you're running like three to four miles most days or a couple days a week or something. What is, yeah, what yeah. is that like? Like going from like hundred mile weeks. And even I know you battled some overtraining illness over this past year with you know, not, not being able to do the trials and stuff, but like, this is a pretty big, like lifestyle shift here. It definitely was. So, I mean, when I first stopped, I just stopped running and I kind of was like, okay, I really just need a break. I want to see what that's like. And so when I started back up, it really was just for the enjoyment of it. Um, so that was a really cool thing. I ha- I still have to switch like every once in a while I get out there and I have that mentality where I'm like, okay, I'm here to like for this purpose. I want to work hard. You know, I'm out here for this amount of time. And I'm like, no, just like, just enjoy it. Like if you want to stop and, you know, look at something, that's fine. If you want to um, explore a different trail, that's totally cool. Um, so it, it was a little bit of a shift in how I had to think, but yeah, I love it. It's, it's definitely become just purely enjoyable, stress reliever, great part of my day now. Is it more than three to four miles a couple days a week now? What are you doing right now? So right now, yeah, three to four miles, um, probably like five days a week, I'd say. Um, but I am, I'm starting to get the itch to do more. So I, I don't know exactly where that'll be, but it'll all start doing more than that. I saw recently in somebody's Instagram, I think I saw Shalane throwing down in a workout with her group. Do you think that you'll get to the point where you'll want to do that? Probably not. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool for her. Um, but I don't know. The way these, these women train now, um, it would take me a long time to get back there. Yeah. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Picky Bars for supporting this episode of the podcast. Picky Bars are made with easy to digest natural ingredients, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and 100% non-GMO. Picky Bars are nutritionally crafted for sustained, balanced energy. 
And now they have more than just bars. They have performance granola, performance oatmeal, performance pancakes. And I am telling you, do not sleep on the drizzle. It's an almond butter topping and it is so delicious. A little bit goes a long way. It's the best almond butter spread I've ever had. Now you get free shipping for all orders over $50 and you can also become a part of the Picky Club box. I love that my boys love their bars. It's an easy, healthy, quick snack that we can grab on the go. And we are a big fan of Picky Bars over here at the Hein household. Now, for all of the listeners here, Picky Bars is offering you 20% off. Go to pickybars.com slash another, and for any order over $25, use the code another and you'll get 20% off. That's pickybars.com slash another. Use the code another and you'll get 20% off orders of $25 or more. Go check out Picky Bars. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Amy. Um, where's your favorite place to run in the Raleigh area? We train a lot at ATT, which I would say like if I, as a marathoner, I would have killed for that. It's amazing. But I really enjoy Umstead Park. Um, it's a lot hillier. It's a little bit rockier. Um, it's You work really hard there, um, but it's just gorgeous. And yeah, that would probably be my favorite place now. But as if I was still running professionally, I would have done ATT probably every single day. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So when we went and visited in March, I did Umstead. And then this past time, we didn't have our kids with us. My husband and I went out and did the tobacco trail. And I was thinking that too. I We just we ran like seven miles. And on the way back, I was like, let's pick it up a little bit. And so we did like two miles a little bit faster. And I kind of got into a groove a little bit. And I was thinking... I could see myself like feeling really tough out here and just being able to like really grind. It's just, there's something peaceful. And then the, the crossways where the roads are seem pretty like desolate, like not a ton of cars going by. So you can kind of fly through. Oh yeah. You can really get going there. It's, it's really amazing. Every quarter is marked. Um, so you're getting as much information as you'd like. Um, it's just a great surface. Yeah. You can get rolling out there. I've seen it. So I know though. It's funny. We are from Indianapolis and it's flat as a pancake here. So I was like, I feel like that was uphill both ways out and back, even though it's like the most (laughs) subtle, small incline. My, you were just working hard. That's great. (laughs) My Indianapolis flatland body can totally feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you notice even the slightest incline. Yep. That sounds about right. (laughs) Being from the Midwest. For sure. Okay. So, um, lastly, before we do into the podcast questions, what, what are you most excited about the relationship with Puma and the group in general? So the group in general, so far, the people we have, they're just, they're awesome. Like they're competitors, they're good people and they work really hard. So It has been so enjoyable working with them. Um, So that's been my favorite part so far. And then Puma has just been, I mean, to make it at this level, you really need a lot of support. You need to be able to go to altitude. You need to be able to get treatment when you need it. You need to be, um, it's just, it's gotten so competitive. And every single thing that we said we needed, they kind of were like, they stepped up and they, they were like, okay, let's do it. Let's make this group good. Um, So they've just been wonderful to work with. Um, And they're just really, you know, like they're making a name for themselves. I know, you know, when I interviewed Erin, I I learned a lot about Puma. Like I didn't realize that I feel like she said they're the number two athletic brand in the world to maybe Adidas or something or Adidas and Nike. Maybe it's number three. Um, But like in the distance running space in the past year, they've just really put themselves out there with Molly Seidel signing and it's really cool to see them like getting into this sphere yeah they've actually so their new shoes are really great um they've put a lot of money and develop or into development of these this new technology and shoes um so across the board they are just producing one shoe after another that's like perfect for all different runners um So I think we're going to start seeing them around a lot more. 
Um, I have a pair of the Deviates and I... Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I am not like a huge shoe person. I say my Hoka Mach 4, I probably said that wrong. Those are my most comfortable shoes. But when I put those Deviates on, I really, truly feel fast in them. And I've never said that about a shoe before. (laughs) They're pretty great. Yeah, they're really, really nice. Um, They're the whole line. Um, It's, yeah people should try it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like springier and I've never said that about a shoe. (laughs) Now, like I've never tried any of the, any of these like faster speed shoes, but I put these on and I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's get a little tempo in. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Lastly, I did want to ask before the end of podcast, when I brought up Molly, I forgot I didn't mention this. Tell me what it was like watching the trials this year, like before you announced retirement and you were originally going to do it and you just decided that the overtraining sickness and all that was just, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So the trials this year watching, um, it was definitely, it's one of those things. It's like crazy things happen at the trials. For example, Molly Seidel running her first marathon ever and making the team. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Just people do amazing things. They can go to a different place for that event. Um, so I think it was, it was tough watching as a lot of the favorites. Um, it was hard, you know, seeing people drop out. And, um, I think the course was just brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I know it was, I did the Atlanta race, the, uh, it was like the pre-marathon test race. And I, that was only eight miles and it was really hard. So I can't imagine what the marathon was like. But yeah, so it was really tough seeing people not have the day they want. But it was also very exciting seeing Alphine win her first um, Olympic trials and making the team. Um, And then Sally coming back from um, pregnancy and representing the U.S. It's really nice. I've been racing her since we were in college. Um, So that was fun to see. And then, of course, Molly Seidel just like blowing Mm -hmm. everyone away by crushing her first marathon and making her first Olympic team. So, um, yeah, so it's always, there's always a mixture of heartbreak and sadness and then triumph and excitement. Yeah. Such a deep, deep field this past year. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, I would have said it was one of the toughest, um, trials races we've had so far. Yeah. And Sally's story really, like I actually had her on the podcast a couple weeks before the trials and, I don't know how many people's radar she was really on. She did have a really tough comeback from her pregnancy. So it was so cool. I'm I'm excited that you mentioned that because her story was just so cool to see her come through and grab that third place. Yeah, she was very impressive. She, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't an easy comeback from her for her. Um, And she just kept working and kept pushing through and um, had a great result. So yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, Okay, Amy. Well, I, you know, like I said, I've wanted to interview you for so long. You're not like a big social media person. You haven't posted on social media in over a year, Amy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not my thing. Not your thing. Um, Was that weird though? Like going through your professional career as a runner when it's become such a popular like part of the business? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a huge shift, um, from where it started when I was uh-huh, starting out, uh-huh. I guess. Um, but I think it's part of it now. So that's just kind of something that, you know, people are going to do and have to do. And, um, it's definitely an interesting change, I guess. Well, you don't have to do it now cause you're retired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. What is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, so I guess it's, Ooh, I don't know, actually. Um, I guess it would be, I would like to put on a race. Hmm. Um, I would really, yeah, I would like to put on a race where the community is involved, but also be able to bring in professional distance runners. Do you have a distance in, in your mind? Um, I mean, I'd like to say marathon, but I don't think that would be where I would start. So okay. probably start with a 5K um, and then like some kids races. Okay. Well, if it's in the triangle area, I'll be there. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Got my first person. <laughs> yep. I'm signing up um, or I'll volunteer, whatever. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Um, so I read A Man Called Ove recently and I really, that was a great one. It was just, I don't know, sweet and cute. And it's about kind of a grumpy old man who, 
um, becomes happy and makes a friend. And yeah, it's great. I've read that book. It's a good one. Yeah, it is. Um, the other most recent book that Fred Frederick Bachman, I think his name, he wrote Anxious People. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. Okay, I liked A Man Called Ove way better than Anxious People. Anxious People, I really liked the last 10% of the book, but the first 90% I was like, okay, come on, let's go, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd recommend that one, but he, he okay. has a very interesting way of writing. Yeah, he really does. Um, okay. And then who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring that you would like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Um, this is a really tough one. I usually, everybody always asks like, who would you want to go for a long run with? Mm -hmm. And I always pick Mm -hmm. like a comedian, um, because I'm like, ah, it'll fly by then. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think, I don't know. That's a really tough one. Like there are so many inspiring people out there, but really when it comes down to it, like, I don't know, I'd love to get together with my teammates, all my teammates again, and just hang out with them and have, have a fun party, coffee party or cocktail party, <laughs> guess. Like teammates from Arizona, Bowerman, just like your, the Bring whole them gambit? All together. Yep. Oh, so fun. Um, okay, Amy, what is your last message you want to leave with our audience today? Um, I guess really just, I don't know, get out there, get running, enjoy the process because it goes by fast. So enjoy every step. I love it. Thank you so much, Amy. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Amy, for coming on the show and big congratulations to you. This is normally where I tell you where to find our listeners on the show. But as I mentioned in the episode, Amy hasn't posted on Instagram since July 2020, but you can find her. She's Hasty Hastings over there. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine, and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Also, this podcast is part of Sandy Boy Productions, which is my little old podcast network that I started last year. We have several other amazing shows in this network, including Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine, and that is a parenting podcast I host. I recently just had a really vulnerable conversation over there with my sister about alcohol. She is eight months alcohol-free, and we get into it on that podcast. We have the Illuminate podcast, stories of people doing great work in the world over there, the Up and Running podcast, which brings you all the news in elite and professional distance running. And our newest show, the Urban Pharmacy Podcast, hosted by Stacey Heine, bringing you all sorts of holistic and low-tox living information. Check them all out. Go to sandyboyproductions.com. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday. Friday.